When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. We have so much to talk about. We saw so many movies, continuing to see so many movies. I know. I literally just got back from a movie. I'm going to go see another one later. <laughs> you just got your coat off. You saw Armageddon Time, one of my faves. You're going to Ticket to Paradise later. I'm so jealous. We're doing this on a Tuesday you, I night. I can't believe you're not coming. Well, I'm traveling tomorrow, Joyce. I got I to gotta hold my ticket to Paradise for a later date. For the weekend. I can't You're going to see that the people this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to travel there. I'm okay. very excited to have that ticket in hand. Uh, I'm so psyched for that movie. But Armageddon Time, we'll talk about it a little bit. We're going to start with, we have some breaking news, Joyce. Is that right? Would you call it that? Um. Yeah, sure. Breaking, depending on whenever you're watching or yeah, listening. Yeah, whenever you watch this. Yeah. If you're watching this like two days from now, it has long been broken. But if you're watching this like a day from now, which maybe you would be, or no, you wouldn't. It's this. It's already broken, Joyce. The whole thing is broken. But yeah. uh, we have, she said, Joyce, we saw it last week at the New York Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there had been a little talk about who, how they would run Carrie Mulligan. And, and we Zoe even Kinane. did our whole column last week about that. We did. And then we even talked about what they would do if they split them up. And it turns out they're going to split them up. We were right. I think we said Carrie would be supporting. Yeah, we said Carrie would go supporting. And Actually. Zoe would go lead. And uh, that's what they're going to do. They, they mentioned that in, a, in an interview uh, yesterday. And then they talked about it. And then today, I guess it's also confirmed uh, that they're going to split them up because they don't want to have to compete with each other. Yeah. In the spirit of the movie. Yes. And like camaraderie. Um, they don't, they, the two of them, the leads don't want to go against each other. So right. now I'll tell you this immediately. I'm going to put Carrie Mulligan way at the top of my rankings. I will probably have her winning if once I'm able to predict her. Uh, and secondly, I actually don't think it's that much of category fraud. It is the movie I think does come from the perspective of uh, Zoe Kazan playing Jodie Cantor. At least she's like the first, like she's the entry point into the investigation. And, well, yes, because that's what happened in real life. Right. And so like Carrie is definitely in it a lot. It's like a supporting plus performance, I feel like, but it's it's certainly enough of a, there's enough there to say that she's supporting, I would argue. I would say like if this whole thing were not real, I think they would um, have um, much more of like even screen time, but like there is a, there is a stretch in the movie where it's just Zoe on screen because she, she is uh, interviewing sources by herself. Yes. 
So, yeah. so uh, for those who are watching this and are like, what are you talking about? She said is a new movie. Living under a rock for the last five years. So <laughs> this is a big thing that happened. I don't know if you know about this, Trace. Uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, was uh, is in jail for, for uh, rape and was brought down initially by a massive investigative report by the New York Times uh, written by Jody Cantor and Megan Tui. And then they later now have written a book about their experiences breaking that story. Uh, they also reported it. And then Ronan Farrow did his reporting for the New Yorker. It came out. I think the next day, I believe, right? Came it came out like, a couple of days later. So right. there, the New York Times um, story came out on October 5th, 2017. Yes. So now we got a movie about it. And I love this movie, Joyce. I, I texted you immediately after. I was like- You did. You saw it before I did. And you were just like classic Chris, like loved the shiny new object in front of him. And then you, I think the first thing you texted me was a Nicholas Patel's score because it later it turned out you didn't know he scored the movie. I didn't know. But anyway, you were like all in on Carrie. <laughs> so, so just a, before, this is a, already a, a, a side a diversion, but uh, uh, I would, it reminded me exactly like when I saw, when I saw Bones and All at Tell You Right, I was watching Bones and All and I was like, man, Luca Guadagnino just got the greatest ripoff of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for this score. How did he do it? It sounds so great. It's like the best score they never it's, did. And then no. at the end, it's by them. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, well, that was good. And it's an awesome score. And the same thing here when she said, I was like, man, this score rules. It's like Nicholas Bertel. I wonder who did it. And it was Nicholas Bertel. <laughs> I know. I you know, we got a lot of succession people in the, the Oscar sphere this year. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so, I love the movie so much. I thought it's like absolutely like I was thinking of it in two ways. A, just from a movie standpoint, it's one of my favorite movies of the whole year. I thought it was so good. It's so it's like I, you, I you know have it in, in one or still two. <laughs> I have it in two in my Oscar picks, but I in my personal like preferences, it's like Top Gun, Fableman's, She Said are all like the top movies I saw this year. And man, I loved it so much. I hate to say it's like this is going to sound weird because about what the topic is about and how much it like they really take care to like put the survivors forward like Harvey's not actually he's in it but like from the back and like we'll talk about that obviously but I, it was it's so entertaining and like very well made I just found the pacing incredible it's like a great TikTok kind of like here's what's happening it absolutely is like in the vein of all the president's men in spotlight they've talked about that like that that is an influence I personally found it more entertaining than spotlight I don't know if it means it's better or not but I was like more engaged by it certainly and um, I, just, I feel like there's a little bit more humor in she said than it's it is funny uh it, which is weird to say also but there's like great scenes with uh carrie mulligan this is and we'll talk about this as her as her supporting campaign materializes but she has like i was thinking about it this morning she's got like multiple like the most member like it's like i forget who said this this is and somebody will tell me how stupid it is but i'm like a great movie is like three three good scenes and no bad scenes, right? Like some a, a famous person once said that, I'll, and I'll Google it when I stop talking. Uh, <laughs> but and I felt like Carrie's performance is like three really memorable scenes that I was like, oh, she's got a great scene with Peter Friedman, our boy uh, Frank from Succession. Frank working for Harvey Weinstein, of course. Plays Lanny Davis, incredible performance. Just loved it so much. And there's a scene where the two of them are like kind of talking about things, but not actually saying what they mean. That's just pure succession. I found it. Mm -hmm. A lot of subtext there. A lot of subtext, pure succession. It reminded me like uh, it was a great shiv. It would have been a great shiv scene on succession. Mm -hmm. And then there's a scene in the bar. They go to a bar and she tells a, a drunken uh, man who's hitting on them to like go F off. That's so over the top, but it got like a huge response in the, the screening I was in. And I think it's like really fun, even if it's like 
or she plays it like it's like it's good even if it's like very over the top yeah she has really great line readings because like the way she plays her too is just kind of like like don't give a fuck it's just yes. like but she's also very considerate obviously of like the victims and everything like it's just it's but there is there's something about like her delivery like when she goes to um I think like the CFO or something of Miramax and then she's just like I, it's in the trailer the scenes in the trailer is like you know like tell me about the payouts and then the guy's wife it's, it's like really funny the guy's wife is like what payouts it's, it's really good and like she's like and then there's a third scene at the end when she's like uh, Harvey. So like we said, Harvey Weinstein's not in the movie. In the middle of the movie, they actually play the actual Harvey Weinstein audio from uh, the, the woman he was uh, accused of groping in downtown that was like actually made headlines before um, the New York Times expose, obviously. Um, and that's like real audio that is like impossible. I found it like really tough to listen to just like going like it's just so it's very upsetting. And then later, it's a lot of uh, this is a movie, great movie of people talking on phones of conference calls oh my god so much good phone acting and yeah. so there's like scenes later where there's seemingly a voice actor playing harvey like barking at like the new york times and then later there's a they show and this is in the trailer too a shot of him from the back they found someone to play like his back <laughs> and there's a great scene there where the it's a like like you said i think in the movie certainly carrie has great line readings and is much more of the uh Megan is much more of like the I don't know what she's the word like is. slightly more like a, aggressive in her person yeah suit. I was thinking like anim- um, she's like very animated yeah. at times yeah maybe. and like so and Zoe as Jody Cantor like we had talked about in the column does a lot of listening she's the one doing interviewing the survivors so it's like scenes of her with like Samantha Morton where Samantha Morton is like unloading this incredible monologue and Jody as Zoe as Jody has to like just listen and like kind of process what she's hearing but there's a scene late in the movie where uh harvey comes into the times and it's uh carrie sitting there in the conference room and it's like wordless and the camera just kind of like pushes in on her and i thought that was great too because she's like not saying anything but the look on her face says yeah, like great a million face different acting, things and that's also i think the peak of bertel score yes it's great uh so i was just like i'm all in on this movie i'm all in on her i was i was like we talked about this way back in March and it was definitely on my short list for like best picture and best director. And I would, we, I know we like, I thought like it's the potential to be really corny or basic because it's like Hollywood, like giving itself a high five for bringing down Harvey Weinstein after years of like complicit behavior, basically. Right. Or like, you know, enabling. And I didn't find that at all though, watching it, I found it like really like they really put the focus on the victims and and on the journalists. And by doing that, it found, I found it like really just an incredible way to tell the story. And I just, I was like pushed through the whole thing. I thought it was so great. All the performances are amazing. Not just Carrie and Zoe, but like a lot of like the supporting performances. And like you said, like Samantha Morton, Jennifer Ellie have like very small like scenes, but they're amazing in their scenes. It's like very well cast. I don't know. I was just like way in. I got it in second for best picture choice. I feel like people are sleeping on it. Like I haven't seen any of the usual pundits going, uh, no, I think the reaction it. is not like very effusive. No, which I don't. I don't even know what I was expecting the reaction to be. Like I enjoyed it too, um, and I do agree it's it's um, entertaining and very watchable, but also yeah. very respectful of the severity of the situation and of the victims and everything. And I I love a good journalism procedural, and this is it. Yeah, and it's really great because it it 
shows like you know you know these days anyone can write anything on the internet and just publish it right away just yes. you want to be first right yes. you know online but like <laughs> re- real journalism like print like when investigative reporting it takes time and months you know and you need to get the facts right right a lot, a lot of loose facts on the internet they had to get the facts right. They had to get, you know, double sourcing on everything. So it was, so me being like a journalism nerd, like I love like all the stuff at the times too with um, Andre Brower and uh, Patricia Clarkson um, yes. as their editors. Um, and also like Patty giving them notes on the lead, just really good stuff. Really good. It's like, I mean, like a lot of the stuff, that you know, when they're doing the writing of the article and all of that reminded me of The Post a little bit, another best picture uh, nominee, you know, like at the end when they're like kind of, doing all that I think this is better than the post also I just was like really taken with it I I found the it's one of those things where again you like know what's going to happen and yet the way it is not that I'm like it wasn't like I'm like oh I'm forgetting what's going to happen but I'm like you know what's going to happen you're still engaged like it doesn't like actually like drag at all and I really found and, and they've talked about this in the interviews Carrie and and Zoe have done a few interviews already about it and how like they really like the victims were involved heavily in the production, including Ashley Judd, who's in the movie, which I was like kind of surprised by, but like- Yeah, they brought surprised. her, um, she didn't like walk the red carpet or anything at the premiere of New York Film Festival, but they brought her out on stage after the film. Um, and it's like, so that's really cool. And then they had like, like they're basing, obviously based on the book and it's like all stuff that happened, like you had said, but also like, I know that they seemingly talked to Jodie Cantor and Megan Toohey a lot in their like prep. And so it feels really authentic from their perspective as well. And yeah, I, there's a scene like in the movie that I found like really great. And it's like, it's funny because they're not, like they weren't friends before they did the They were colleagues. They were colleagues. And they actually still, I mean, I'm sure they're friends now because they've been through a lot together, but they're still like, like it is interesting. And like, there's a scene in the, like towards the beginning where they kind of first hook up and like Jodie Cantor has, like Megan Toohey is like, unsure why they're even doing it and I found that part like really like interesting where she's just like what are we report like why are we why do we care about this basically when we could be talking when we could be reporting on so many other systemic abuses uh for people who maybe need it more than Hollywood actors and I felt like that was like again a great way to like contextualize a story and show the greater implications of Harvey Weinstein without being too preachy at least for me it didn't feel like like this is a message that you should pay attention to if you're the audience I just found the way they handled a lot of those scenes yeah, really there is a lot of discussion impressive. in there. Be like, like, will will anything happen from this? Like, will will there be actually be an impact? Because this is, you know, not their first rodeo reporting on, you know, abuse or, you know, just right. a, like in, in a workplace or anywhere really. Um, and and the movie starts. There's a lot of setup. It starts in 2016 actually with Trump and a lot of that stuff. So it it's like it tees up and how like Trump. And like Bill O'Reilly and all that, like led to Harvey Weinstein in 2017. Yes. Too. Yeah. Trump also in the movie, Joyce. Not his yes. for real, yeah, his but voice. Uh, his yeah. voice is in the movie. There's a lot of voices in the movie, Joyce. Uh, it was Howard Hawks who said three great scenes and no bad scenes. And I feel like that is Carrie Mulligan in this movie. She's got three great scenes and no bad scenes. And I'm like, in, put her in there for supporting actress. So uh, I, like I said, I'm very bullish on it for best picture. I think people will actually, I think, so I was like, I honestly do think it could be one a because it's coming late or it doesn't come out till November. And it's, not- it's also in a weird spot because it's opening November 18th, which is the week after Black Panther. Um, and then the week before another universal film, the Fablemans right. goes wide. 
they have a lot of Universal big year for them, I think, because they big have year for them, and then Universal just swapping their actresses all over the place. Yes. So I was like, okay, like you know, I just thought of this too. Now that they're both the same, and um, you probably have already thought of this, but I'm like, I wonder if they knew. Obviously, when they're making these decisions, they're not necessarily in a vacuum. I wonder if they knew they had a great shot with Carrie and supporting if Michelle was in lead, and like we have talked about, Michelle Williams in lead for Fableman, still not off the table that she could win. It's very likely that she could. Like she's going to be a serious contender. It's like great performance and she's so well liked that maybe they were like if we move michelle into lead then it'll make it easier for carrie mulligan to win her oscar for this perhaps yeah i mean you know like <laughs> all all of the performers themselves also have to whoever's idea this was like all of the performers themselves also have to sign off on it right you know? so right. a lot of voices in the room about right. all this stuff so yeah like you know i guess like you could say maybe once michelle agreed to go lead or maybe chose to go lead then they would have to juggle three lead actresses right you know and now so they i guess it like they don't have I mean, listen, I, I love like the Samantha Moore and Jennifer Ely and she said, but like that, those are long shots for nomination. For sure. Um, so I guess it's like, you might want to sacrifice them. Like those, like almost like cameos, but not cameo. Well, Jennifer is not really a cameo, but it's, it's definitely on the s- smaller side of yeah. you know, like um, in terms of screen time. Um, she has a little bit more of an arc throughout the film, but still. And so it's like, they're gonna sacrifice them to run, you know, turns out Carrie, in supporting right. and try to secure that and also maybe they maybe they weren't even thinking about this until they saw how much uh disarray supporting actresses in since michelle vacated it. that's true also right so, um yeah no i think i i do think people so it is a weird like like you said like a weird in between time when it's coming out but i think that it's coming out late that it didn't play a lot of the festival so it doesn't seem it's not like in the front runner conversation they, they wanted to premiere at new york obviously so. and I could see, I think it's going to play really well for a couple of reasons. A, it's really entertaining, like I said, and it's like very watchable, like you said. Like it is just an easy movie to watch and I think really respond to. And it does hit that emotional moment. Like it does have emotional moments where like we talked about like Till, very emotional movie, but I didn't tear up. This one, I actually, I cried in this. And she said, I was like tearing up. Yeah, I I don't, you know, I don't cry at movies, but there are several parts in this movie where I was like, wow like yeah. That was, yeah that was a good scene <laughs> right so I was like I'm into this like, good so acting, I think great acting <laughs> yeah so I think it'll like I think there will be a great response to it and I think the way it handles the, the wine scene stuff and everything I think we'll get a great response within the industry too and I think the way because it's handled so clear-eyed it won't feel phony for people to be like I actually really liked it like you know that was the other problem I thought we were going to have with this is that it's like going to be like like a phony Hollywood version of this story, but it doesn't feel like that at all. It's like so well done. And then all the tech stuff, I mean, like editing, I think it would be a series. I found the, I found the pacing really, really sharp. It's like just very quick and like handled really well, even though it's like a little over two hours. I think it's like two hours and 10 minutes. The score, Bertel Oscar, here we go. Let's do it. You're going to have him beating John Williams. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) John Williams and his final hurrah. I mean, no, probably not. But and then the film is a great score. But I mean, Bertel, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, I think edit, I think adapted screenplay. It's very very. I mean, I've, I've always had it in adapted, and I felt like if it was gonna flop or turn out to be not good, then it could still get adapted because it that category is so soft. This and it year. could. I mean, it um, could. It's right now. It's in third in the odds behind Women Talking the Whale, and and I could see it certainly being more uh, less polarizing than those two, at least. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I did put it um, in uh, my best picture lineup. I think I put it in 10. So the opposite end of the spectrum for me. <laughs> I don't have a winning yet, but yeah. Um, but I, I guess I'm also thinking like, I, I do think it will play well with certain people um, and also with certain people in the industry. But I'm also wondering like if some people in the industry might feel like it's too soon two for this sure you know maybe I, I the reason i also was like thinking i think it could do really well is because w- when you're talking about the academy now we've talked about it like it's very uh just very split right there's like people who've been in it for 100 years and they're uh in, you know on the el- yeah. on the old side right and they have like specific tastes so we've talked about like things like everything everywhere might just go over their heads and then you have like a newer younger side that's like hipper and more uh looking for those uh, offbeat kind of Oscar movies. And I think this could maybe hit the middle ground of both because I think if you're an older, like like I said, like it does harken back to like all the president's men and not in like a way that I think you'd be like, go F yourself for even suggesting that it's like all the president's men. And then also it does feel modern in the way they're telling the story. And like just the little notes of like how uh, the script like goes into their home lives without being like too aggressive on that and shows like them in the workplace and how much they have to juggle as women in the workplace not to be like not not to be like the no abuse elevator uh selfie here but i'm like it does talk about that at least and like kind of uses that without being too heavy-handed again as like character development for these two and like what they're doing and what it means for their personal lives but also like how they're you know like getting the story i just think all that could speak really well to like both factions of the academy yeah i I do think there's there's a part like the senegal part of me feels like um there are people who would just want to virtual signal yes virtual signal and just be like yeah i I support this because harvey was bad even though i was complicit in all this right Right. um but yeah i'm also like you know maybe there are some people are just like look at hollywood like trying to pat themselves on the back with this you know but there, so that might be like the, 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 but I think in the Hollywood, they're like, yes, we're patting ourselves on the back. We did Yeah. It. It's like, you know, go us. We, we finally got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, made so I, so I have it in for, for picture when I will put Carrie Mulligan, absolutely in for best supporting actress. Like we've talked about that category is uh pretty wide open and. Yeah. And I don't know who I would like, I want to put her into, but I don't know who I would drop. So to. I had Stephanie Sue in there and I dropped her. And I put Jamie Lee Curtis winning at the moment, but I don't know if I would keep that. What? I when know. Did you do that? I don't know. Did you just do that today? Oh yeah, God. I did. Why? Because of of all her Halloween ends press. Yes. Last week. Well, I was just like, of all the people, like I do think I would have Carrie Mulligan winning here, but I was like, for Jamie Lee Curtis, of all the people here, she's got like the best narrative of like, a, and again, they're not very sentimental anymore. Maybe they never were, as we talked about on like Oscars playback and stuff. But I'm like, she definitely has like that kind of narrative. Like, oh man, let's give Jamie Cur- Jamie Lee Curtis an Oscar after all these years. So. But anyway, I took out Stephanie Sue because I feel like of the two, everything everywhere, while I think Stephanie's performance was my favorite in the whole movie and I would just love to see her get nominated. I think the fact that she's like a relative newcomer for people who are doing this, even though she's not in real life, uh, would probably make it harder for her to get nominated. So that was- But I think like of the two, like I can see them both getting in. Um, But I think if you love Stephanie, like she will just have more passion behind her. Whereas I don't know if- Jamie's performance has had that kind of passion like you know it's been over six months or six months since the movie came out and really like no one was seriously talking about Jamie Lee Curtis no offense to Jamie Lee Curtis no not at all 
Oh, that's this past week when she's like, I'm going to campaign my ass off. Yeah, truly. I remember we were talking about this and I remember thinking like, no way, because the performance is like goofy. It's a goofy, like, it's like she's doing comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, she has some nice moments with Michelle. um, She does. She does. That's true. Towards the end. That's true. So I don't know who you think, but like Stephanie, she's part of like the, the main arc and she is part of like the emotional climax she is and she's awesome in the movie she's so good um so yeah so i have i have double woman talking hong chow carrie condon and my girl nina haas so i'm like who am i gonna drop because i have nina haas at 100 to 1 <laughs> i mean you want to keep nina haas i would maybe say hong chow even though she's still fifth in the odds i'm not sure the whale like or what if i what what if i go down to just one woman talking so that would be interesting it could happen and i do wonder i mean that was like so i forget i heard somebody i overheard somebody saying this i think when i was walking out i don't remember who it was but they were like how what does she said be, do to women talking not that we need to pit oh these that was that was like the other thing i was thinking of before we were talking about like haters or people who could hate this like there are going to be people and um, let's be real who are just going to group those two movies together <laughs> certainly going to group them together and I think certainly going to be like oh there's only room for one like mm-hmm. you know like Maria Schrader like I could see like honestly sadly like being like I don't have Maria Schrader in for best director because I just think it's a tough lineup to crack at the moment but I'm like I could easily see them being like either Sarah Polly or Maria Schrader like there's one spot for one of the one of these women instead of both of them getting in sadly um I mean, you know, they did it uh, with Chloe and Emerald. Um, That's true. But know, I think that was but, like- But those are different, um, those are stronger films. And I don't know, I think I think as a film overall, Woman Talking is probably stronger right now um, than She Said. Um, I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm more cautious with She Said right now. Like, I want to see how it plays going I- forward. I, I, I want to be cautious, but I'm all, like, I'm trying to balance my uh, incredible love for the film for the, with the- You're, with, when are you ever cautious? You're reactionary. I don't know. I'm just so reactive, but I'm like, I do find it curious that I'm like, none of these, like, I just, I'm, I don't think people, like you said, I also don't know who has seen it because they just played it at New York Film Festival. They clearly did some screenings before it, like- They played at London, I think. I think they went to London. And it did go to London right after, and they did some screenings, but it didn't go to like- you know, like it wasn't at Middleburg where a lot of people were this past weekend. So like, if you missed it in your film festival on Thursday, cause you were at Middleburg film festival, let's say, or whatever, then you just didn't see it yet. You know, and it's going to be like, you'll have to catch it. it yeah. It is also um, funny. Like when films hit various festivals to see how different or similar the reactions at each specific location is, you know, like certain films yes. play better in one place and not the other sometimes you could tell like right away like something will flop at venice but then have a better response like stateside you know i think we kind of saw that with like white noise a little yeah it didn't totally flop but like it definitely had a better response in it happened to um our fave the last duel last year mm-hmm. yep so um so yeah i don't know i'm pretty bullish on she said i don't know and i don't like i will put carrie in. so would you take who would you take out then to put carrie? I, I don't know i if you took okay, out one so of them, if, if you were to drop a woman talking woman, who would you drop? So preference would be Jesse Buckley, but I actually think she has a better shot of getting in because of the name recognition and the being a nominee last year. So I would say probably drop Claire Foy, even though I think I won't I had her winning like you know as recently as like last week. But if I had to pick between the two, I think there's a better shot that Jesse Buckley would get nominated. I'd be like, I, I prefer Jesse to Claire personally, but like I don't use my personal 
right feeling. i was i guess like we talked about like claire definitely has the mark ruffalo part right and yeah it's, it's like the louder performance the more but i think because jesse was just nominated last year and also has like a very and claire missed for first man <laughs> right and it's a very similar performance to first man i would argue i don't know I, yeah i mean i guess i could do hong chap but she i'm just i we haven't seen the whale that's like one of the few we haven't yeah seen. like she she has like this the second best raves after brendan she does and like i definitely and she's also like an actress who was on the cusp i feel like for like downsizing i feel like she was definitely in the conversation she's great for, in the menu and she's great in the menu and it's like a great you know like another one of those actors who you're like waiting to get like a nomination kind of i'm just like not sure i still don't know how to rate the whale because we haven't seen it and i'm just like I mean, I think she can, no matter what happens to the film overall, like, I think she can still get in. Right. Um, even if the film doesn't get the best picture or anything. And, like, I'm not dropping Carrie Condon. No, um, I think she's Like, I mean, good. the easiest thing for me to do is to drop Nina Haas, but I don't want to. Right. You want to keep that 100 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't no, know. I don't know. I mean, but, I, so I was also thinking about this, um, how I, I could see, like, the floor for She Said being um, just picture and adapted screenplay like I could like especially when they were both still in lead like well, I I could see them not getting any acting nominations if they were in both in lead I think I don't think I would have had them any acting yeah, like I, I wasn't predicting them in lead actress I wouldn't have predicted either of them in lead actress because I think they would cancel each other out I would have made an argument for Samantha Morton because I think her scene is just as good as Judd Hirsch's so scene good and then she has she also has one scene in the whale um that she and, apparently also kills so, but she's, yeah, she has one scene here. It's like probably 10 minutes long. Yeah, it's like eight to 10 minutes. And it's but like, like, there's amazing. so much, like you don't meet her character until then. And there's so much character detail and richness. And just like, it's all it in, it's so stupid to say, but like, it's all in her performance. Like everything, like in her face and the way she delivers these lines. And then also the back and, not really back and forth, but like, like you were saying with Zoe, just listening. A lot of great listening. Yeah, a lot, lot of great listening. And yeah, like she just shares her experience with Harvey and like what happened. And it's it's so good. And if they give out Oscars for one scene, like single single scene performance, they should give it to her. They could do that. They could create a new category and then you'd have Judd Hirsch and her and we could come up with a few others, I'm sure. And it would be a great uh, category this year. Yeah, uh, like she scene. does so much in that one scene that a, a lot of people do in whole movies. Right. Like you just know so much about that character. And then she just like mic drops and walks out. <laughs> it's funny too, because she's, if you've seen the trailer, she's in the trailer. She plays Zelda yeah. Perkins, who's like a major, uh, you know, name in the Weinstein investigation and like kind of was like very vocal about uh, during the reporting and stuff. And I was expecting her to have a bigger role, honestly, based on the trailer, or at least like a supporting role, but like in more than one scene. And then it's like just more like, like Jennifer Ely. Yeah. And she's just, <laughs> just kills it and then leaves. It's great. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I, like I put it in for SAG ensemble. I did put it in there because I feel like a lot of the actors are also like SAG friendly, like New York stage performers. You know what? I, like I realized after I saw the movie that I was like, oh, I think I have Samantha Morton in my SAG predictions and I do. I don't know if I should keep her, but I did put her in there like weeks before I saw the movie. It just feels like there's a lot of like very recognizable like people who are liked in the industry or in the, you know, Yeah, I guess community. Well, SAG is also very... Um, uh socially conscious too yes and i was like oh and there's like like 
yeah, like we like you mentioned, like Andre Brower and Patricia Clarkson are great. Uh, Andre Brower is hilarious, like truly so hilarious as Dean Becca. Especially just, like when he's just like done with Harvey on the phone. He just is like so uh, gruff and like it's like a it's just the classic like editor part that like Leah Shriver did so well in Spotlight as as uh, Marty Baron. But I was like really impressed with Andre Brower and then he's like so good and like all these like like you said like all these little performances are really great literature. I do think it could do well at SAG. I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I was like, I'm very into seeing how this plays out. I think one of the benefits that it will have as the later the season goes on is that, like you said, it does come out like publicly like in November. So that's kind of like in a weird spot because it's between a lot of big movies. But in the end, it's like a lot of the stuff coming out at the end of the year is going to be noisy, big, like blockbustery stuff, right? Like Avatar, Black Panther, Babylon, even even if it's not like a blockbuster, is like massive. It seems like in its scope, it's like a hundred million dollar budget and like three hours long. And I'm like, this movie will come out and be like, uh, oh. And I was like thinking, you like you're right. Like maybe the floor to me, I was like, it could be like again, not to to keep harping on Coda. And I actually think this is maybe slightly better than Coda as a movie. It certainly. is better than Coda. <laughs> but I was like, it could easily get like like I would not be like this is crazy. And I'm October 18th, and you can laugh in my face three six months from now when we're at the, watching the oscars and it doesn't happen but i was like there's a world where it could win best picture best adapted screenplay and a, a supporting actor or a, i mean a supporting actress nominate win for carrie and it just gets those three out of like three not three or four nominations in the end and like i could see that happening i really could um i mean like the other thing is i think it's it's a different and probably harder field for it to rise that much i'm not saying it can't win best picture but i think you know like we've said like coda really benefited from apathy uh like from voters about these other films really right i guess it will it remains to be like we said like it were, some of these we've see, obviously seen a lot of these and like it remains to be seen though how like like does something like the fablemans we both love and like i think it's great but i'm like will you, it you know what i was thinking about the fablemans um with you know this like uh lead supporting carousel um, and just its status in general, like it, you know, it won TIFF as expected, and it's been the front runner this entire time. But it has managed to maintain this uh, position as a low key front runner, which is what we were worried about. Like, can it, like, you know, we were afraid like it's it's going to suffer backlash like really soon because everyone is like has this a number one, and like we knew it was going to win TIFF and all this stuff. Um, but you know, it just it went to TIFF won that and then it's been pretty quiet except for you know the michelle bombshell but even then that that kind of like you know quieted down pretty quickly and um i mean it'll pick up again when like the movie opens next month probably but um but yeah like no one has really i guess the other part is like a lot of people don't think she can win best actress so and then we've had you know like tar open um woman king open and till open so it's like every every time like one of these lead actress contenders opens like everyone's like oh this person's gonna win this week sure but then the next week is like oh their movie open they're gonna right. win right i will say uh i think that's i think that's true i will say for uh, last things on she said hey what did you drop to put it in for best picture um glass onion so i dropped a uh, woman king and i kept glass onion for now and i guess we'll see and then uh the other thing is with carrie going supporting I don't think I don't would not expect Zoe Kazan to get nominated, but I think it's much more reasonable. It, she's it's much more believable that she could be in that like five to ten range now, if she, as a solo representative for the movie, than it would have been the other last week if they were both in lead. 
Like, I think there will be, she's really good in the movie. And it's like, I think it's like, I would say it's like, she's been acting for so many years and like, is like, not like, you know, I think it's like her biggest, it's probably her most high high profile movie and performance, I would say, even though she's been great in like Ruby Sparks, she was like the lead obviously and stuff. But I'm like, I don't know. I think she's great. And it's like, people really do like her and I could see her getting a lot of traction. I, she, I don't think she'll get um, it. But. Paul Dano can get uh, his and hers nominations. Yeah. I guess I could, I guess if I was going to make the case for her to get in, it would be, I think the top four again is like loaded. So we're talking like Kate, uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett, uh, Daniel Deadweiler, Michelle Yeoh and Michelle Williams. And then I have like Viola Davis still in there in fifth, but I'm like, I guess if Zoe Kazan was going to get in the argument would be, that there will be a lot of passion for her, but I'm not sure if the performance. I think the movie will really have to be big. Yeah. And and yeah, because right now, like now that they're split, I see an easier path for Carrie to get in supporting because it's so open. Definitely. Um, and but I could also still just see her missing too, because I, I don't know. Like I don't I, know what's going on in the category. <laughs> I also don't know, like should we? I mean, a lot of people thought she was going to win Best Actress. I'm still not sure, like, what her stat, like, what are the, what are the Academy think? Woman. Yeah, like, what, is, what does the Academy actually think of Carrie Mulligan? But I think she's great in this movie. She's so good, and um, she has. The three I mean, I movies. think this character in the role itself is more palatable than Cassie. Certainly, and promising young woman to um, the Academy at large, and that that I mean, I loved her in that movie, and I mean, I would have probably given it to her myself that year um but that was just like not a typical like oscar week performance like it was like almost anti-bate yes you know and it's not even i like i love the ending but i could see people just being kind of like down about the ending in that for movie sure too. i can't believe we're doing this again <laughs> it's only two years two years later <laughs> Uh, so that's that she said. Let's move on to. Uh, do you want to do Armageddon Time since you just saw it? Your favorite movie. Love Armageddon Time. So what? Uh, you just saw it. Uh, what was your What was your take on it? What do you think? Um, totally fine. I totally. I was like, this is a total Chris movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, it is. Yeah. You no know, lies. I was I was concerned because it's set in Queens, where I was born and raised. Yes. And um. And I know they shot in New Jersey. So I was very concerned about that because we, we remember what happened last year when they used Massachusetts to double for Long Island and True. nothing like Long Island in the tender bar. Uh, unforgivable, an unforgivable choice. And I would say actually cost the movie, in my estimation, at least like a full star rating for me because I, I rewatched it and it was like, it's a good There's movie. No verisimilitude, but Armageddon time, they did a great job. <laughs> yeah, like, they did. Passing off Queens um, in the 80s um and even with like the subway cars too and the graffiti but anyway um I yeah I thought it was a a solid film I don't know if I would I know you still have our guy Jeremy Strong in there um I don't know if I would add anybody really so I'm really kind of just going down on a wing and a pair of Jeremy because I just love him so much I do think he's like remarkably good in the movie though yeah I really like like him he has a he has a really good final scene really good final scene and the thing I think that would hurt him the most beyond this, the movie and like he could potentially be a lone nominee, though I do have it in for original screenplay because I'm not sure there's a lot of original screenplays to fill it out. And James Gray, I think is- I mean, original screenplay is packed this year. Well, let me take a look. I mean, like there's like a solid six. 
there's a solid six. I took out, like, I don't have Babylon in. I don't have and Babylon. I, and you have Triangle of Sadness, and I took Armageddon Time in. So that's the difference, I would imagine. Because we both have Fableman's, Banshees, and everything yeah, everywhere, and Tar, right? That's a pretty, pretty straight on. Though Babylon somehow is in four. I guess it's tied with Tar for fourth. So I could see every Armageddon Time getting in, because I do think James Gray, they could mount a nice, nice campaign for that, and like a way to recognize the movie, if even if people aren't going to like go nuts for for best picture or something else so i don't think jeremy would be a lone nominee in my calculus but i'm like he probably would be a lone nominee and then it's like eh, maybe he doesn't get in but i'm going to keep him in the other thing that would hurt him i think is that anthony hopkins is as good if not better than him in the movie he's really good um oh, yeah. i really so like good. he's also like the most easily lovable he, he's the grandpa he's the most easily lovable character in the movie and like the second he he comes in before Anne Hathaway and Jeremy Strong do in the film too yeah and you just and instantly fall in love with him he's great and it's like it definitely is such an effortless uh like performance I feel like from him it just feels like he's just like kind of like just got his feet up and just knocking it out of the park basically you know what I mean like there's no like he doesn't show any work it's just like he's that he's like so in locked in pro, yeah like that is just is like just a remarkable performance and i mean we've seen like grandpas get nominated that's not like a uh you know like that happens i think a lot of times the oscars that like the grandfather figure gets in or grandmother figure gets in so i i mean i could see him getting in but i don't think so i don't know jeremy i feel like is going to get that sag nomination because everybody the actors love him joyce um i yeah, I don't, I, like, again, like, similar to she said, I think that the film will have to, like, be big, um, uh, and he does get to do a lot in the movie, Jeremy, um, got an accent, of course he does, uh, and, like, he sings and dances, too, not honesty, sadly, no, no, no tiny Wu-Tang here, no, either, um, <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I enjoyed all the performances too and it like I'm not going to predict it for SAG Ensemble but I would not be upset if it we're nominated for SAG Ensemble it is a great ensemble the other thing the other problem with the movie or not a problem but like it's just is like boy it's such an interesting mirror of Fablemans I feel mm -hmm. like and yeah. it's like the same it's another of, movie memoir a movie memoir and it and a, with a Jewish family at its core and like the the grandfather figures and the parents having like you know in this case not as contentious a relationship as like steven spielberg's parents and fablemans but i'm like there's a lot of similarities there and i wonder like there's it just feels like in school like, yeah and i'm like is like it would be hard to imagine armageddon time and fableman both being in the sag line. like two of the two of the same movie getting in it just feels like not like yeah i think that's also it's it's you know um issue you could say with the Oscars student or like just in general. It's just like there's Certainly. other similar movie memoir too. Gonna be like bigger and more mainstream. Yeah. Um, so like I don't have Paul Dano in for supporting. I do have Jeremy in, but I think most people would say Paul Dano would be the more obvious pick there because they're like again, similar parts, but Paul Dano is the more ambliny version of the dad than the Jeremy version, the James Gray version of the dad, who is a little abusive and a little brusque and uh, you know, a lot different, I think, in than than the the Dano dad, Dano dad, Dano dad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like in in an alternate universe, like this could be the movie with double noms and supporting actor. Right. Before I don't know anyone who's predicting that, but I will. Nobody, nobody is. But I'll tell you this: before 
before when I was at Telluride, I did have them both in for like a hot second because I was like, well, I haven't seen anything else. And I've seen the two of them and they're great. So I'll put them in. Why not? Um, um yeah, no, it was it's also uh less than two hours. So highly recommend. Another another great, another great selling point. That's, that's you know, got the joyous seal of approval. I think it comes out October 28th. It's, is that right? Yeah, next Friday. So so I mean not a terrible time. No. Really? Um, I do know, think obviously it'll be a little... focuses, uh, number one is tar. Yes. And I, I do think it'll be a little polarizing, not as polarizing as some of the other ones we've seen. No, because... but like, um, I mean, I think the reactions have been kind of mixed anyway. Yeah. So, but you know, this it's, it's, it's such a specific story and like to its life too. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I enjoyed Anne, but I don't think she has enough to really make an impact in supporting actress. I agree. I don't think so either. Even I even love, in a, love my Anne Hathaway. Even in a wide open category, God, I love it. She has a good scene on a stairwell. Really good. She's really. I, I mean, she's yeah. quite good in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think she's gonna get in. But and then and then Joyce, you were saying before we started recording, uh, Banshees of Anishirin comes out this week this week on Friday. Yeah. So we didn't talk a lot about that movie, did we? But we loved it. Um, we did when we saw it like a month we did. ago. I guess we saw I it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much we talked about it. But. We, we talked a little about it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, I think I talked more about Jenny the donkey. Yeah, we did talk about the donkey. We love yeah. Jenny the donkey. Love Jenny. Uh, I have, since we've talked about it, I have, I'm pretty bullish on that one as well. Like Martin McDonough is still only, I think in sixth place, at least among the experts in, director but i could see like i think when i still think that's going to be like is not a is the most is the closest thing to a lock we have right now is steven spielberg for best director kind of like jane campion for power of the dog but i'm like if i had to pick somebody else i actually would pick mcdonough over the rest of the field i think he's like it's a great movie and it's like a really really remarkable work he does in it as a director so i think he's getting in but not he's in six that looks like in our odds but i don't know yeah, I, loved, I, I um don't have him in yet i think i dropped him i think i did and then i dropped him um but i would love for him to get in um i mean i had no problem with him being snubbed for three awards for, for pta that was also kind of funny um but this i'm like he deserves a directing nomination he does and i think i would say know, it's, it's his best film like i love in bruges too. I love Imbruge and I did like Three Billboards. I know people don't like it, whatever. Yeah, but I, I was like, like, like I didn't. Uh, the Three Billboards, I was just completely like, man. I was like, I didn't hate it like a lot of people did, but I, I liked it. But I definitely think this is his best movie. It just feels yeah. like it's like it's so weird. It's just to... like it's a it's such a a brutal breakup because basically Brendan Gleeson breaks up with his BFF Colin Farrell. Right. And people understand why, right? And I think it's also like really highly relatable and. Because I think there's also something, I think we've all had those types of friendships in our lives yeah. where like maybe no matter how close you are, like someone just stops talking to you for a while or like, you know, not like totally ghosting you, but they're just being curt and short with you and you just don't understand why. And I think the difference is with platonic relationships versus romantic is like when you start dating, you, you expect to break up like right. you don't go into the relationship expecting like this is not going to last but you know chances are like the first person you date or a serious relationship with 
you're not going to spend the rest of the life with them. You're going to date a couple more people before that. Right. But you could have lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. And it's so brutal if like something like this happens and it doesn't last and you you really don't do anything, but it's like people change, you know, and you're just trying to understand that. And it's so bittersweet. Um, and I love bittersweet movies. I don't need a happy ending. And not, not to say that this doesn't have a happy ending, but I'm, like, it's, it's like, it has um, kind of also like a, a fantastical tone to it too, which I also enjoy. I don't know if that's everyone's cup of tea either, um, but yeah, I, I, and it's gorgeous too. It is really, I mean, it's so, it's so silly. It's really cinematic. I was expecting, I guess I, based on what I knew about it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like, just like a talky kind of like chamber piece. I mean, piece. they do talk a lot. They do talk a lot, but it's like real, it's like a movie movie. You know what I mean? It's like gorgeous. Like it takes full advantage of like the setting and the production design and the costumes and every facet of the movie is like high end. It's Great not spoilers. like, it's not like a, a, a stage show basically. Yeah. I don't know. So, so I think it'll do really well. I, I think it could get, and we talked about it could maybe get four acting nominations. I know, because I was thinking about putting Barry Keoghan in. <laughs> I still don't have Barry Keoghan in, but I'm like, I really think he could. I, I moved Brandon Gleason up to first because I just think uh, it's such a great performance. And I do think he could go the distance, even though he's not the favorite right now at the moment. But he's so good in it. I have Colin in. And Colin, I think, is going to be a frisky contender and best actor. He won frisky. at Venice over uh, Brendan Frazier, right? Uh, in, yeah, the Banshees won too at Venice uh, and so screenplay I know like Brendan Fraser is definitely like the top choice for a lot of people and we have Austin Butler obviously as our Elvis uh uh representative but I don't know I was like I could see Colin making a real run for it if Colin won it would remind me of like Olivia Coleman winning for the crown uh for the crown for the crown for for, for the crown <laughs> but well I, I, I mean she was also I think that that performance is a lot flashier too and this is not as flashy, but, but you do, it's very sympathetic. Um, it's very sympathetic and he's super good. He's yeah, just so it's good. It's very funny. I think I talked about his, one of his line readings. We did. Uh, yeah. That's, it's coming back to me now. It's, it's and I think fun. we could like, I think if you get four acting nominations, I think it will get like, I mean, score I thought was great. It's Carter Burwell. The production design I think is gorgeous. The cinematography is great. Screenplay. I think it'll be a top, top contender there in the original side. I don't think it could, yeah. I don't think it'll win, but. It could, I guess. Um, I think like for Colin, like we've said, like it it sucks that he, even though the category is weak this year, it sucks that he's going up in, against like two transformational performances. And one of them is playing a super famous musician. <laughs> yes. Too. So it's, it's like, he doesn't have all these like extra things to his performance. Um, no, he's just got to rely on the performance, which is yeah, great. But yeah, and the performance is great. So I get to see him doing really well with critics. Um, uh, I think he's going to win the Comedy Globe. Mm -hmm. um, so he'll have that as like a major precursor. Uh, he probably won't win SAG. Um, BAFTA, I think he's going to be top three. We talked about this sort of last week and how Austin probably won't get in at BAFTA if he's not top three, because I don't see him being a jury pick. Right. So, I mean, I could see him like maybe winning BAFTA if they're not just gonna piggyback on whoever just won like the Globe or Critics' Choice, because SAG right. is after BAFTA this year. So. Eventually, jurors will see the whale and then we'll be able to be like, oh, here's why this it's is Brendan Fraser. Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I, I still don't know. Um, but you have you have Brendan Gleeson in first. I do. I 
I'm not so like uh Kiyu Kwan is like the top choice basically for us for everything everywhere. And man, he's great in the movie, but and it, I guess the comp would be like Troy Kotzer, I guess. Is that kind of like the likable supporting male performance that just kind of like generates a lot of momentum because people like the actor as well. But I think Brandon Gleason really has so much to chew on in the movie that the performance is like just kind of like better. Not to like not, you know, what I, mean? I don't know. I'm just like, I just think he's better in it. And like I do, I do love the performance a lot. Um, but I again I could see it people also not really um like getting it in a way because like I think we talked about this a little bit and how it's it's like totally fine for them to be split and lead in supporting because the film is uh told uh, mostly from Colin's POV because it's him like investigating trying to figure out why Brendan uh, won't be his friend anymore and I think the way Brendan plays it is is great because he like it's it's not really opaque the way he plays it because like he gives you enough um to for you to infer like why he's like sort of done with Colin um but it doesn't spell things out for you right and I wonder if that's going to be an issue because we've seen that like they they like you know to be spoon-fed information I I guess the other thing is like similar to like what we were saying before about like Jamie Lee Curtis when I watched everything everywhere back in the spring I was like best I was like not I was sold on like I was like oh best picture of Michelle for sure it didn't really dawn on me that like Kiyu Kwan would be like a nominee or like a front runner to win watching it. He's really good in it, but it's like, it never was like something where I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a no brainer. And now it just seemingly happened that he's like the front runner. Yeah. I think that's because of a lot of things. It's just kind of, it was the earliest scene, strongest contender. Right. Right. And then, so then people were just like, Oh, I saw this movie. I loved him. And it's great story. Like yeah, he's got like an all time like, comeback like, story. He, like, you know, Steven Spielberg discovered him and he could be two actors in Steven Spielberg films to win an Oscar right now. It'd be really cool. And it would just be great like to have him like at the same, like, I don't know, I think it'd be neat to have like him win an Oscar the night Steven Spielberg wins an Oscar for his like memoir yeah, movie. I, I know, like he just he just visited the, the set of The Goonies. Last right. Week, you know? So I'm like, I, I'm not against it. It's not like I'm like, I would be mad if he yeah, won. Yeah, I, but... I think that it's just, it's just the category it has been very open and he just kind of slid in there maybe even almost as a default that's kind of what and i was then, wondering and then like is. as things have unfurled um you know there hasn't been a lot of like strong standout contenders rising um right and he also it i guess it uh, if like michelle yo does not win best actress it also seems like this could be like a great place to honor the movie too right for him um i guess i'm so, trying to figure uh, out although i guess like it's kind of like it'll be weird if it's like he's winning for that movie it, but like you know it's like different race different category so i guess i gotta figure out to me is is he the uh the co uh troy kotzer of this race or the cody smith mcphee of this race right because cody smith mcphee i felt like was like the placeholder there for a lot of the season last year and then ended up losing to troy and it's brendan then troy yeah I well i mean it was well, well, Cody won the Globe, and I wonder how. I mean, he probably would have ended up losing the Oscar anyway. But I wonder, like, had the Globes been televised, like, how certain people would have benefited from that? Certainly, someone like, like him would have benefited. <laughs> I think he would have. I think he would have absolutely benefited because, like you always said, the televised awards 
if you're a newcomer are important because then people like who don't know you would have to be like, and Cody McAfee is not a newcomer, but is a newcomer in like the same way Austin Butler is yeah. a newcomer. And it's like, it's helped if you end up winning because then you're like, oh, like I watched you give a speech. You were so charming. What a great moment for you. And I'm like, I like that guy. I want to vote for him. Or I like that, that gal. I want to vote for her. And now it's like, without that, you're just like, who is this? And Troy was so visible. Uh, and he did win the televised awards that it was like very easy to fall in love with him as an actor and the performance and like, you know, away we go. So, yeah. And it was also like, you know, the more emotional movie. So, right. it was, so yeah. everything everywhere, like if, if that happens, like at the Globes or something, and it's a great moment, people are going to like love it. Like I mean, if he wins, like that'd be like really yeah, cool. Like it's a great, I mean, you know, great narratives aren't like the end all be all, but like he has, he has a great story. He does. You know, he so um, another thing um, since, I mentioned this last week and how Ben Wishaw was like absent in the woman talking trailer, but then he went to the London premiere of woman talking yes. just to troll me, obviously. It's awesome. <laughs> Did no press until then. Um, do you have him in? I don't, I still don't have him in. I don't have him in, in either. I still have Brad Pitt in there. Just, I don't know. I thought I about putting Ben in instead. I don't have Brad in either. I have uh my, I round out that category with the top three. I have Brandon Gleason, Judd Hirsch, Kia Kwan, and then Jeremy Strong and Eddie Redmayne for the good nurse choice. You're going all the way with Eddie. So uh, we should wrap this up, but just briefly on Eddie. Uh, man, you know who loves loves this stuff and loves campaigning? Eddie He's Redmayne. Back. He's back. <laughs> he loves it. He's just, he like I said, loves he it. is just picking up where his BFF, Andrew Garfield, left off last year. And the movie is a Netflix movie, uh, comes out next week. Uh, it's a true crime thriller, but it's like a little told differently because it's not as like salacious as like certainly like something like Dahmer or even like regular true crime stuff. It's about a nurse who was like a serial killer, basically, who killed his pa- the patients with like an injection of variety of drugs. And the nurse who like helps bring him to justice, who's played by Jessica Chastain. It's a really quiet movie, but Eddie is really good in it. And it's like the performance is kind of like you're not ever sure where he's coming from and it's like you know he's not good but he's like doing some good stuff and then you're like this guy's still not good i know he's a murderer and it kind of like really comes together in the end and i just think he's he's great the bad nurse is he the good nurse or the bad nurse i guess he's the bad nurse he definitely was not a good nurse choice uh he's the average nurse no i don't think he's even average i think he's pretty bad um Um, I've, i've always earmarked him for a sag nomination so I have him in for SAG and I kept him in for the Oscars just because, again, I think this category is like a little open and he's so good at this. Like he and he enjoyed like I actually think it's genuine. I think he really does. Oh, like, yeah. No, like I it. think there's something Um, maybe it's like the Britishness of it. But like but like between him and Andrew, like, I don't know, like they 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 both just seem really earnest and yes. very passionate about uh, their projects and. And like, they're willing to do this, you know, yeah. and good for them. Cause you know, I would be exhausted. <laughs> Me too. And he's like, I think he, the performance is like, if the performance wasn't good enough, I would not have him in, but I actually think the performance is good enough. in like a weird year with like Netflix having it to promote and push. And like you said, I think he would get in at SAG and it wouldn't be like a silly, like Jared Leto little things nomination. I think it's like a little more serious, the performance and like, yeah, I could see. Him I mean, getting SAG is where the tides turn for him uh yes. against michael keaton because he won right. sag so so uh so eddie remain best supporting actor winner let's do it yeah.
Netflix, an Oscar winner. Netflix will love it, Joyce. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up here, but we'll be back next week. I don't even know what we're going to do next week. We'll have to figure it out. We, we have other stuff. We can talk about Ticket to Paradise, obviously. Best oh, yeah, I'll try to see this week. We can talk about that. Our top, that'll, that'll go up first. First place for Best Picture, Ticket to Paradise. All right, Joyce, talk to you later. <laughs> for all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby.